Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, May the 9th, 2023. It is currently 6.05 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. And I'm not sure if the volume for our intro was at the correct level. So you know what? Just because I need something to go right today, I mean, I desperately needed this to go right, and it already, I think, went wrong, but so that I can at least tell myself that I corrected the wrong, I'm going to just play that one more time. Here we go. Let's do this this way. Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. If at first you don't succeed, it's probably best just to give up and walk away. But, but, but no, 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 no. We did it again. There was our intro. I think it was at the correct volume. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, May the 9th, 2023. It is currently 6.06 p.m. Central Time, and I'm coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. What what do we give that? Do we give that a, do I get like a C minus for that intro? Maybe a C plus, maybe a B minus. Well, what do you think? What do you think? I, I mean, I did my best, but you know, it, <laughs> since when does that really matter? Okay. I, I digress. I digress. I digress. I'm having a little bit of fun. I'm joking around a little bit, but I do want this to go well. And I, I'm probably joking around more so because I'm delaying. Because I don't necessarily want to talk about what we need to talk about. But it was one of those situations where two things came together at the exact same time. One, well, okay, maybe it wasn't the exact same time. It was relatively close. Here's what was happening. I was here in the studio. I've been here in the studio for a good portion of the day, wanting to do something, wanting to go live, but things have not worked out for me to be able to do so. So I've been kind of just like, okay, what do I do? What do I do? Struggling with just trying to figure everything out. And then all of a sudden I get a call from my daughter and my daughter's like, hey, did you see the news? And I'm like, well, honestly, I haven't been keeping up with the news. You've got to check it out. And I'm like, well, what, what is going on? What is happening in the news? She's like, go look. I'm telling you, go look. And I'm like, okay. So I opened the news and this is the first thing I found. Trump found liable for sexual abuse, defamation in E. Jean Carroll case ordered to pay five million dollars in damage. Former President Donald Trump on Tuesday was found liable for sexual abuse and defamation. He was found liable for sexual abuse and defamation. And I'm like, wow, that's that's horrible. That it's horrible. Yeah, the whole thing is horrible. Just the whole thing is is horrible. And I'm like, yeah. And she, and my daughter was like, so what do you think this means? And I'm like, well, I don't think it probably means much. Trump supporters are going to continue to support Trump, and he's going to run for reelection. And right now, he's actually ahead in the polls against Biden. Who knows? Maybe we get another Trump presidency? I don't know at this point. So we talked a little bit about, can you believe that in America in 2023, we're going to, and going into 2024, our two choices are going to be Trump or Biden. Like really our country, that's all our country can do. So we had a little bit of discussion back and forth. And about the time I hung up, I don't know, we were probably on the phone, maybe six minutes, seven minutes. Eight minutes. It was actually a FaceTime call on my iPad. Maybe it was around five or six minutes. I, I I hung that up and I'm like, okay, well, that's, you know, I, I was just still trying to process my thinking about it. Like, okay, so I guess my thinking was, I wonder, I wonder how, you know, what Trump supporters will do with this, because it seems like no matter what information comes out about Trump, no matter what he's guilty of, 
doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't, it really doesn't matter. If you have audio tape of him claiming something, it doesn't matter. Trump supporters are, it's, Trump is always the good guy. Anyone who accusing him, even if he's found guilty of something, it's fake. It's fraudulent. It's a, a part of a grand conspiracy. Trump is, is, well, I mean, I'll just use language that many Christians will use. He's godly. He's holy. He's appointed by God. He's anointed by God. He's the one that we need. And, and I, and I'm just sometimes dumbfounded by the entire situation. So about the time I hang up the phone, I look down on my iPad and I get a notification, a news notification. Here's what it says. And I'll read it directly. Morning Joe says Bill will come do for evangelical support of Donald Trump. And I'm like, whoa, wait. The, so the, the bill will come due for evangelicals who support Donald Trump. And I'm like, well, that's interesting. I, wa- I wonder what bill will come do. I, I wonder. Well, then I, so I was trying to find the, I was trying to find the, the video of that and trying to understand it. And the, in the meantime, I found, I came across a, another video when was this published? Um, I don't have the date for this one, but this one is why do evangelicals continue to stand behind Trump? So there's all of this discussion today on, on numerous different sources, all all talking about evangelicals and their support for Donald Trump. Uh, and, and this is all happening around the time that Trump is found liable. Again, let me read the, the, the story again. He has found liable for sexual abuse and defamation. So I'm like, wow, this, so this is all coming together. He's found liable. And at the same time, multiple news agencies are asking, you know, are, are either saying, Hey, the bill's coming due evangelicals. You, you, you've supported Donald Trump over and over and over. Your bill is coming due. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's pretty serious. And then, uh, then there's, there's a video. Hey, why do evangelicals continue to support Trump? And those are all good questions. So here's what we're going to do. First, I just want to present the question to you. Now, I don't know how many people who listen to this podcast support Trump. I have no idea. I try not, I try not to, I, I hate even, even entering into this world, but sometimes it has to be discussed from a theological perspective. But I'm just curious, where is that line in the sand where Christians will be like, enough, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I just can't do it. Like, is there any moral line that would stop Christians from supporting Donald Trump or it does it not matter? And it's weird because over and over and over, I would hear Christians say, Hey, we're not, we're not electing a Pope. We're not electing a pastor. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. As long as the policy is good, his character and his action is irrelevant. And it's hard for me to process that thinking because I remember Christians running around quoting Bible verses over and over and over and over and over, screaming about Bill Clinton and the, and the White House and how immoral he was and character matters. And we've got to get him out of the, he needs to be impeached. He needs to be removed from office because Christians must stand for morality. We must stand for godliness because without morality, without godliness, God will not bless this nation. And then all of a sudden it's like Christians like, nope, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It can be as immoral as you want to be as long as you give us the policies we want. So in a roundabout way, what Christians have come to say, policy trumps morality. Policy trumps godliness. Policy trumps all of these things. Now, and that's perfectly okay. Just then don't, don't, then don't turn around and yell and scream about morality when other candidates or other uh, government officials do something immoral. Don't, you can't on one hand scream about morality and then on the other hand, ignore morality. Like, does morality matter or does it not matter? We yell and scream about, oh, you know, drag shows, immoral, ungodly. Okay, well, now we're going to apply a moral standard. Now, if we're going to apply a moral standard to everything, then do we not apply the same moral standard to president, to the former president, Donald Trump? So, so like, how does it work? I don't know if I've heard a consistent, 
ideology or a consistent philosophy. I don't think I've heard it being consistent biblically. I don't think I've heard it being consistent theologically. I don't even think I've heard it being consistent logically. It just seems like our team, morality doesn't matter. Your team, morality matters. Morality matters when I don't like it. Morality doesn't matter if I like the person. I like it. It just seems all over the place. Now, the one thing I know is I don't care who you put in office, Republican, Democrat, I know this, they're all going to be sinners and they're all going to sin. I know that. That's a fact. All right. Now, if that's the case, then don't judge the candidates based off their morality. You can't, you can't just pick and choose. But the world is somewhat confused, right? And the world is confused by the church. Because they're like, on one hand, the church is running around yelling and screaming about culture war and about morality and about godliness and about the sanctity of marriage and about family. And then when it comes to Trump, we don't care about morality. We don't care about family. We don't care about the sanctity of marriage. So like you can understand why the world would be like, I don't understand what the church actually believes anymore. Do they believe these things matter or don't believe these things matter? Do they only matter When political power is not at stake, but when political power is at stake, these things then don't matter. Like what, how does this work? And I think it's a relevant question. And let me see here. Okay. Um, I guess another Republican has just been charged with something. My daughter's messaging me as I speak. Um, Republican George Santos is charged by the Justice Department in federal probe. So, you know, you know, who knows? I don't think it, at this point, I don't know what matters anymore, but I've got the audio. I have not watched this yet, but it's basically, it's asking, why do evangelicals continue to support Trump? Why, why, why? I I don't know. I've tried to have meaningful conversations at times with a few Trump supporters, and it's always insanity. Like, it's always like, like you're just looking at them like what world did you come from and it's it's a mixture of just weirdness like conspiratorial thinking weird like almost a relativistic viewpoint it's mixed with politics it's thrown in scripture and it's just like okay okay it's like sometimes it's like i don't know what like you would think when when you would think if you're talking to a christian who supports trump there would be at least some like moral struggle or can or or frustration or or something but they start talking and they sound like fox news talking points or tucker carlson talking points and it's like where where is the theology and the scripture in this so so let me just ask maybe we should ask a broader question should the morality of a person have any bearing on them holding public office should it matter now, you may say, well, if they're not Christians, who cares? Okay, well, then just make that a consistent argument. Doesn't matter if they're Republican. Doesn't matter if they're Democrat. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So, you know, and if it doesn't matter there, then why does it matter if a library has books you disagree with? Why does it matter if on a Friday night some coffee house is doing a drag show? Why does it matter if two people who are not Christians, who are of the same sex, decide they want their marriage, their 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 relationship to be recognized by the civil government? Why does it matter? Like, it's weird. Like, sometimes morality matters. Sometimes it doesn't. And, it, and, 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 I, and I'm always just baffled and confused by how this works. Like, one minute it's like, this is the end of the world. God will bring judgment. He will owe an apology to Sodom and Gomorrah. And then the next minute you're like, well, you know, we're not electing a pope. We're not electing a pastor. So how, how about we just leave Donald Trump alone? And who cares how immoral he may be? And it's like, well, can you explain when, when did, <laughs> like, let me state it this way. Morality cannot be a hammer that we only use to hit people with when it benefits us. Th- does that make sense? 
I don't know. Let's listen to this. You ready? We'll, we'll be taking this apart. Here we go. I think this is from MSNBC. I have no idea. There's too many news articles and clips I've tried to keep up with, but I grabbed the audio. We did a test a little while ago to make sure it's loud enough. It's, it's, it's probably not loud enough for my standards, but it's what we have. And the only reason I'm playing this is it just fits perfectly. Donald Trump is found liable for sexual assault and defamation. And at the same time, the news almost very similar in time. They're asking, why do evangelicals keep supporting this person? Why? Let's see how they talked about it. It's hard to keep all these straight. This is the separate case about Stormy Daniels and the trouble that Donald Trump may be in there to go along with the charges, the civil case of alleged rape with Eugene Carroll. And, and what do we get against this backdrop? Donald Trump beating uh, Joe Biden by seven points. And you go, what? What's wrong with people? It's not what's wrong with Donald Trump. It's mm. what's wrong with us. What's wrong with this country? Here's a guy. He's being charged for rape. And he, we're going to see three I and four indictments. Stop. We see two impeachments. We see we led an insurrection. And yet, yet Republicans follow like lemmings off of a cliff. And you have to start to say, and I don't want to attach this back to the gun segment, is what's wrong with people? What, what is wrong that, that they, this man, they still, they still follow this charlatan. They still follow this animal. Okay. Now, just so that we know for clarity's sake, I don't care if Republicans follow him. I don't care if Republicans are consistent, not consistent with their morality. I don't care what Republicans are doing. I don't care about any of the political parties, okay? Just so that we know, I don't vote, don't care to vote. You can accuse me of whatever. I don't care. I'm not playing. My, I, my citizenship is in heaven. Uh, my, the, the kingdom that I'm focused on is not the kingdom of this world. And when the king returns to this world, he will set up the kingdom the correct way. I'm not here trying to bring about the kingdom of God through through taking over government and and electing i guess i don't know some some a certain political party so what republicans do don't bother me what i always focus on here and i want people to understand this is i'm trying to understand it from a biblical theological christian perspective what the church is doing not what republicans are doing what the church is doing all right just so that we have that clear you start to go. You throw up your hands and go. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, and and the people who are. Let me just say again, the evangelical conservatives who are supporting the white evangelical, uh, evang, the white evangelical conservatives who are supporting Donald Trump are the same people that ran around shouting Bible verses during Bill Clinton's presidency, talking about how the country was going to hell because Bill Clinton was of such poor moral character. And now they continue to stand behind a man, let me say it again, who said in his deposition this year, in this case, that maybe it was a good thing that stars were able to rape women. And they're voting for him. Like, again, it, you know, one thing we have found is... Now, see, that's the world is perplexed by that. The world is confused by that. I, at least the old, I think the younger generation is perplexed by it, but the older generation who remembers that, remembers Christians running around screaming about morality and godliness and morality and godliness and morality and godliness. And then all of a sudden we're like, well, you know, morality and godliness, well, you know, not everyone's perfect. Okay, but but while we say that, we're yelling and screaming about morality and godliness in another situation. So, so we have to at least look. You may disagree with liberals. You may disagree with MSNBC. You may think their arguments are ridiculous, but you have to at least hear the words of the lost world looking at us, going, "What's the deal?" Yet, yet we have to at least consider that, right? And let's see what else they had to say. Is the bill always, like, it comes due. You always have to pay the bill. Dominion taught us that. Uh, the Sandy Hook, uh, who's, who's that Alex guy? Jones. Alex Jones. Mm -hmm. uh, Alex Jones learned that. Uh, you, you, you look at these people that beat the hell out of cops. They learned that on January the 6th. The bill always comes due. The bill will come due for a church. That, that, that it embraces Christian nationalism and embraces a guy 
who says it may be a good thing that stars can rape women in 2023. No, I think that the problem we have, and, and it goes to your point of the evangelicals, to answer in part what Donnie's saying, is that we have no real moral pole that's standing up. So everybody's going to sunder. If Moses and Pharaoh has the same moral standards, mm. then who's going to deliver the children of Israel? And I think that that is what's happened. The people that ought to be putting the Donald Trumps in check are checking off a box to vote for Donald Trump, no matter how outrageous he gets. And there's no level that he has taken us down to that they've repudiated. So where... And, th and this is true. There, there seems to be no level where Christians are like, oh, that's it. We, we're going to repudiate this. I, if you remember, after the January the 6th, the, the entire, whatever you want to refer to it as, riot, insurrection, how, whatever word you want to use, I, I, I will never forget my total shock of how Christian radio, again, my my number go-to example would be American Family Radio, was turning around going, well, you know, those weren't Trump supporters. It was Antifa. It was a conspiracy to make them look bad. And they excused it when when all of the, the fact that, you know, all the claims that the election was being stolen, it was Christian radio who kept parroting those same lies. And then when those things were proven lies, Christian radio did not come back and ever repent. Like at no point did Christian radio come back and go, hey, guys, OK, we think we've messed up here. We've 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 gotten caught up in all of this and we've become so political that now we've we've reported lies we've reported half truths we've reported conspiracies and and we look we have been we've been wrong and 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 it's perfectly okay to say you've been wrong it's perfectly okay to say you've made a mistake it's perfectly okay to say hey we messed up here and and i believe in forgiveness and restoration and moving forward so i'm not calling for like it should be the end of everything but i'm just saying like it's been so weird that no matter what they, they do. Christian radio will come out and will come out and support. I, I am I am almost frightened to think what Christian radio will be saying either tonight on American Family Radio, their uh, their news podcast. They do an evening edition. In fact, I don't know if it's out yet. Let me look here. I don't know if it's out yet. Let me look. I'm going to go to one of my podcast apps. I'm going to go to one of my podcast apps. Oh, let's see here if I can find it. I got I'm, I subscribe to literally hundreds and hundreds of podcasts. Here's AFN new, newscast. The evening they've already released the evening update. They released the evening update. So um, I don't know if they've talked about it yet, but I may have to find it. But if they don't talk about it tomorrow on Amer on American Family Radio, they're. Uh, News and focus. Well, I don't think they call it news and focus. Oh, today's issues program. Uh, today's issues program. They will. It'll be interesting to see how they handle it. How do they? Well, let's see. Tomorrow is Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. They, they'll have an episode because Friday they do like some trivia thing. So I, I may have to tune in tomorrow. I don't want to, but I may have to just to see how they handle it. But um, no matter, it doesn't. It seems that no matter what, it, there's no pushback. There's no repudiating it, repudiating it. There's no condemning it. It's just crazy. But let someone else do something wrong. And then we go after the morality uh, of if there is a Democrat in office who say he is a homosexual, they, Christians will condemn that to the 18th level of hell. Well, wait a minute. What about then Republicans who are in office who are adulterers or who are this or who are that or who this or like, how come, like, again, we, we've turned Christian morality simply into a tool we use for political gain. And that's not the way Christians are supposed to be handling the law of God. It should be equal. If we're going to apply it and condemn people for it, then it must be equally applied to all. And if a moral code is your like for a Christian, you you vote based off the moral, the morality of the person, then that must be equally applied to all parties. 
is your moral standards. And, uh, you know, one of the things that, that fascinated me about Joe's special last night is every movement that moved this country forward were led by moral people that stood outside of what was acceptable and moved society their way. And, and, and Rev, by the way, evangelicals, uh, 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 Quakers, uh, a lot of people uh, that, that were on Abraham Lincoln's side and actually pushing Abraham right. Lincoln to action were evangelicals. They weren't talking about no. emancipation 20 years from now. They wanted abolition now. It was the Christian church in the north in New England that was pushing Lincoln and was actually ahead of Lincoln. You look at segregation. And I, I got to make, I don't know if you could refer to that as evangelicals at the time, but I, I if he's going to say Christians are the church, okay, we can get into theological terminology. When exactly should we ref reference Christians as evangelicals? What was the birth of the evangelical movement exactly? So uh, we can get into discussion. I have to go back and look at the dating. Seems a little early for the term evangelical, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm Maybe I'm wrong. But you, you can just, just. You know, I'm not expecting a lot from a secular news, <laughs> a news discussion. But once again, they're looking at different times where the church seemed to be focusing on morality and standing for morality. Well, it's, it's, is, is the church still doing the same? I think in some ways the church is doing the same, but here's, here's, here's almost the way it works. We, this is to, and I'm, a, I'm approaching this differently than they are. I think what the church has done is we still look at cultural issues condemn it for its immorality, but say, whoever we can get voted in office that will fight against that immorality, we will accept all the immorality they may have as long as they will help us fight that immorality. Because we're trying to fight the immorality of culture by electing an immoral person to fight the immorality because we've given up in fighting, quote unquote, the immorality through the preaching of the gospel and discipleship. That is my hypotheses. A lot of Jewish people, as you've talked Abraham about, uh, yeah, dur during the 60s, and there were evangelicals out there, there were Catholics, there were Christians pushing in the civil rights movement as well. And, uh, the anti-war movement. You're a Catholic priest. Right. It was always that those that made Lincoln understand to do what is right. Kennedy, Johnson, do what is right. Where are those that are coming to Trump from the evangelical community saying, do what is right? That's what's missing. So you wonder why are people going for this? Who's telling them not to go for this that are their mm -hmm. moral barometers, moral leaders? Well, Eddie, Eddie, you actually have pastors who know better, mm. who have told me they know better, but they're afraid to speak truth mm from the pulpit because they think they may lose their congregation. So, okay, now that is, that is a frightening, I don't, look, that's, that's his claim. I don't know how statistically relevant that claim is because he's just using his own personal experience, which you can't always judge anything from that. But if, um, if pastors are afraid to speak out, because they're afraid of losing their congregation. It, it, it's over, ladies and gentlemen. It's over. It's over. Just forget. But I, but I know there's some, I know there's a level of truth to that. I do know, look, whenever you're a pastor, you just know if I go here or if I keep pursuing this, like usually you're going to get a, cl a clear evidence. Oh, that person's getting mad. That person is getting upset. So you immediately have to realize I, I got to make a quick U-turn. I got to abandon the subject or I'm going to lose that family. Like you, you can almost tell instantaneously or I'm going to lose two families. So what do you do? Do you abandon the theological study you're involved in, the doctrinal study or whatever issue you are addressing? So I am, look, I, I, on one hand, I don't want to sound too critical of pastors. Listen to me. If you are a pastor and your livelihood depends on people staying in your church, Whenever you find yourself in that position, no matter how godly you claim to be, those people own you. 
Like, there's just no way to get around. They own you because you need the money to pay your bills. If you've got a family, you got a mortgage, you got car payments, you got, you know, insurance, your kids need this, your kids need that. I mean, what do you do? Do you tick off the congregation to state, oh, I'm going to make some grand spiritual point. And then you, you're telling your kids and your family, we don't have money to pay our bills because daddy just got fired because he ticked everyone off in the church. Uh, well, I do, I do agree we should keep politics out of it. I do agree. The only problem is that's, that can still happen even when you're dealing with theological issues. You always got to follow the party company line or you're going to get in trouble. So I can understand a pastor, even if though, even though they're not maybe doing a major compromise, even a little bit, uh, they, um, uh, but, and a little bit, they have to give the church what they want. They have to, they have to, you got to give the church what they want. You can't necessarily give the church what they need because if they don't perceive what, the, if they don't like what you think they need, they will get rid of you. And then what do you do now? If you, in my situation, I have not ever been too beholden to the church for financial support, right? Like, like you know, I don't take pay. Uh, I've I've always tried to keep as much as possible so that you know you don't own me, you don't control me in any way, shape, or form. I'm not going to let that happen. I, I I did that. See, it was the first six months of being a pastor. First six months, there was a problem. I had a meeting. And after that meeting, I was able to demonstrate that some of the things people were saying were clearly not true, right? I had documentation like, well, nope, 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 nope. And so in a sense, quote unquote, there's not much they could say or do to me. But I ended that meeting by saying, I'm never taking another dime from this church. You're not because someone had made some kind of insinuation or something about basically pay. And I'm like, no, 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 no. We're not going there. Nope. Nope. You don't own me. You do not own me. You do not control me with claim saying something about money. You will never do that to me ever under any circumstance. And then later on now they do make my, my, my house payment now. But so I guess in some ways they do own me a little bit. But um, I, I just, I know this that I, and that's all I take. I don't take anything else. I just, just, just making my house payment. I don't take anything else. But I know this that when, I, so I feel bad for pastors. But if that is true, that some pastors won't speak up about some of these issues because they are afraid of losing their congregation, man, that. I'm sorry, the church, the church has just turned into an absolute game. But there's, but in some ways, it's always been that way. It's always been that way. Like what the a pastor can only say so much. And, and, and it looked at, it comes down to some people say, you know, Christ is the head of the church, maybe theologically, but practically it's the people. The people are the head of the church because they will submit to you until they don't want to submit to you. And then they will walk out. They will leave you and abandon you in 3.2 seconds. They don't care. They could care less how it impacts you. They could care less about the people left behind. They just leave. And then, and then the church is there. That That's the way it goes. And it's just, it's, it's sad, but it, it, it is frightening that maybe in this subject, like, well, People want Trump. I'm not going to say anything contrary to that. I'm not going to challenge it in any way, shape, or form. That's that. Where where do you get? Where do you get like that? I mean that that is crazy. I think it was Bill O'Reilly, and by no means do I agree with everything Bill O'Reilly has ever said or done. But you know he has like an internet program now because remember he got fired from Fox News, and he said that when he came out and basically said, hey, guys, the election wasn't stolen. The, uh, he lost, I can't remember how many, it was hundreds and hundreds of subscribers to his program, which is how he makes money. And he lost hundreds of people because, well, nope, no, nope, we're not going to listen. People, people do that, obviously, with news programs. I can expect that. But they will do that literally with a church. I... I I mean, I, I just, I can't, I just, I, and when the world hears these things, when the world hears, there's pastors out there who have admitted to me, hey, yeah, there's a problem here, but man, what do you want me to do? You want me to lose half of my congregation? <laughs> no, I'm shutting up and coloring. I'm, I'm going to shut up and color it within the lines. I'm not going to rock the boat. It, it's kind of sad, but let's listen to more. That point actually reverses in some interesting way what Rev, what Rev just said, right? So we can concede we have feckless leaders. 
We have spineless ministers uh, in pulpits in some places who aren't in some ways engaging in that kind of moral leadership that we need. But they're also feeling pinched and pressured by everyday ordinary folk who seem to hold these views. So that on the one hand, we're saying that people aren't being moved by moral leadership. And then on the other hand, we're saying moral leadership is absent because they're afraid of people. And so the question we have to ask ourselves, and I think Donnie's point really gets us to this, is what does Donald Trump stand for? for all of these folk. Why is this man who's so clearly flawed, and that's a generous description. He's pushing back against uh, arrogance and elitism from the coasts. He's the one that's fighting for them. They feel like we have been run over and ignored and mocked and ridiculed and forgotten for 50 years. Here's a guy that they can't beat. So he's gonna go there. And he's he's going to raise hell. He's going to do what we need. He's going to he's he's going. You know, he it's it's like the first time in 50 years. It's wrestling that their wrestler goes into the ring and and slays the the bad guy, slays the arrogant, the the, the arrogant people in the media, the arrogant people on campuses, the arrogant people that have looked down their noses at him and mocked him and ridiculed him for 50 years. That's what he represents to them. So is that is that 40 percent of the country? Is that, yeah, oh that, my that, God, that's, that's at least that's that 40% percent of the country, yeah. At least 43, 44% and, and of the let, country. Is there, bringing it also back to guns, you go, what's it going to take with guns? What, is there anything, is that so deeply entrenched in people's souls no. and cores? No, it's not. That, that, no, is, it's, there it's anything, not. is there anything that can happen it's that happening. they'll let go of him? No, it, no, that they'll let go of Trump. Of Trump? Yeah. Is there anything? You go, what yeah, is the threshold? I mean, what, because I, you just, I will say this. I will say this. But first of all, I just want to say there's one evangelical. If you really want to read about this, uh, Andy Stanley, uh, who's Charles' son, uh, but an incredible pastor uh, and, and uh, Atlanta from, from everything I hear. He's written a book. We had him on the show. Someone in chat said, thought I would like that reference. I mean, yeah. I mean, he was trying to describe wrestling. He was doing okay. You know, yeah. You know, he, so I guess Trump is the baby face who slays the hill. I think that's what he was trying to use wrestling terminology, but it, it was, he was, it was lost on him. He couldn't fi- quite find the words, right? He couldn't go, the bad guy. Like, okay. All right. That's fine. It was a wrestling reference. And hey, Donald Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame. So it does fit. I mean, he, he he did have a wrestling match. He 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 did a lot for professional wrestling. So I guess in that sense, I can see why people would support Trump. But the wrestling analogy is relatively good because uh, so much of what Donald Trump is, does and says, I think, is just kayfabe, which is a term for staged and show and not real. I don't know what his actual convictions are sometimes, but I digress. I digress. I'm not going to break this all down into a wrestling analogy. But uh, the point is, is um, you know, of course, they're going to mention Andy Stanley. And of course, they mention Andy Stanley. Then any, then well, here's what happens. All the conservative Christians like Andy Stanley. See, that's the problem. If you don't support Trump, you become an Andy Stanley and you become liberal. The point is there should be able to be conservative, biblically minded, theologically sound Christians who go, ladies and gentlemen, the church has been politically hijacked. Christian nationalism is not Christian. It is ungodly and it's theologically dangerous. Dangerous, and maybe, just maybe, we need to think about morality and politics and exactly what our view is so that we can offer something that is relatively, that's relatively consistent. Because here's what the world sees. Wait, you're condemning that activity, that activity, and that activity as being immoral. But you want to bring that man into the White House who is just as immoral, so why would you bring immorality into the White House to supposedly fight the immorality? Because aren't you using immorality to fight immorality? So from a lost person's perspective, they're just completely confused. So does morality matter to you, Christians? Yes, it does. Godliness exalts a nation. And then we turn around like, okay, but you want to elect him. Well, hey, 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 morality doesn't matter. You can understand why young people are like, you people are out of your mind. I don't want anything to do with your Christianity, your Jesus, or your church. 
that's that's talking about, hey, we, we got to get out of politics. The pews are emptying out. We got to get poli- got to politics and get back to Jesus. That's his message. And let me just say, this foray into politics has been devastating right. for evangelicals. You look at whatever wins they've had uh, in the political arena. They've had those same losses in attendance. The pews are emptying out. Now that's see that's there and and I and I agree with a lot about that assessment. Our our throwing jumping into the political pull and going full political has been devastating to the church because we've become known as Trump supporters, not Christ followers. We've become known as Republicans, not Christians. It has been devastating to the church. Utterly devastating to the church. Remember, I'll, I'll, again, I'll never forget the email the emailer sent to me, and and she said something at the end. I just want my church back. What happened to my church? It used to be about Jesus. It used to be about the Bible. Now it's politics. What happened? What happened to my church? And I don't have an answer for them. I don't know what happened to the church. The church lost its collective mind and it's like, we must get Trump, 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 Trump. And you're like, what just happened? It's not like Jesus. It's like, no, Trump. It's not like uh, Bible. No, it's the Constitution. It's like um, the Lord's Supper. No, it's an AR. You know, it's a gun. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a pistol. It's a rifle, AR-15, whatever the case may be. It's, and it's like, what has happened? It's theology. No, 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 no. It's, it's, you know, election and, and, and voting. It's just so weird. Um, an election, not like theological election, but political election. You get the idea. Something is like the whole church has lost its collective mind. And now I don't think that's the only reason pews are emptying out. But I can guarantee you this, if my church doesn't exist and I walk into most churches, I'm not sticking around because it is so political. And if you mention your political beliefs not being in, in support of Trump, pro-America, pro-gun, you're an outcast instantaneously. That's what, to be accepted, you must be of their political that you that you must be of their political flavor, their political tribe, or you're not accepted. It's no longer of body of Christ; it's the body of politic. Kids, younger kids who are are contemptuous of Donald Trump, they're not going to a church that celebrates what right. he does. Right. They're just not. And by the way, it would be the same thing if the church celebrated. Joe Biden, you don't go to church for politics. You don't. You go there for Jesus, and they're not getting that. They're getting, like Andy Stanley says, you know, all these freakish, free. Andy Stanley was like, man, during COVID, I had people that were equating the vaccine to Satan. And it's just like, man, they're looking at Chinese religious, uh, Chinese religious cult websites. And they're getting their news from that instead of the red letters of the New Testament. Man, it's hard to hear a secular news organization condemn Christians for turning the church into politics and not Jesus. Like, you don't go to the church for politics. That's, that's the secular news organization saying, you don't go to church. You, you don't go to a Chinese controlled website to get information instead of you look to the red letters in your Bible. Now, his, he may not be able to articulate it in the most biblical or theological way because, well, he, he probably doesn't have that background, but it's, it's kind of frightening that MSNBC sounds more Christian than American Family Radio which is a Christian-owned radio network. (laughs) What has happened to the world? Up is down, down is up, good is bad, bad is good, Christian is not Christian, and not Christian has become Christian. I don't even understand anymore. It's like I've I've slipped through some, like, I've entered, I know this is a dated reference, I've entered, entered into the twilight zone. Something is not right. I've talked to some of these people, and Rev... They haven't read 
the Gospels in a really long time. Well, that that is why uh, what you say is so important, because the moral leaders that are in position are trying to be politicians themselves. They wouldn't be worried about the reaction of those in the pews if they were saying, I'm here for what is right, not here for what is popular. Don't forget, Martin Luther King was denounced by his own denomination, and they formed another uh, uh, mm. form of the Baptist Church. The abolitionists were, were not part of the accepted church. You have to have moral leaders that stand up even against the religious institutions that are playing politics over what is right. You know, I think this is, this is really fascinating. Really quickly, I just think all of that, is, all of that seems right to me, but... There's something else more fundamental, it seems to me, at stake, because it's not just simply arrogance, Joe. I think we're still dealing with the unresolved questions of the Civil War. Now, let, let me explain what I mean. The Civil War, of course, was between the South and the North. It had something to do with the place, the position. What will be the place of these slaves, these enslaved people in American society, right? What will we do with these black folk, right? But that question actually presupposes a, a prior question. Who do we take ourselves to be as a nation? Are we a white nation in the vein of old Europe? Are we a nation of principle and ideas? And that question has always been at the heart of it, and it's not resolved. And so part of what we're dealing with is that the arrogance is the grievance, the fear, the anxiety. It brings, What Trump is bringing in tow is all of the underbelly of American society, which means that it's an, a deeply existential threat. That, that we face, as well, we face from the beginning. I, I, obviously, I think that's, that's the bigger uh, part of Trumpism. I can just say in the church, I only speak from my own experiences, okay. that a First Baptist Church, Meridian, Mississippi, and First Baptist Church, Chambly, Georgia, and First Baptist Church, first. Pensacola, Florida, it, 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 uh, it, my church in Tuscaloosa, Calvary Baptist Church in Tuscaloosa, race had nothing to do with any of it. Just didn't. Never heard one racist thing in any of those churches. And I say that to people, and they don't believe me. Uh, it but, fits but, me, Jim. But it's the case. What's that? I, I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that are doubting that. Help, help, I'm being honest with you. What, you race well, didn't have anything to do with it. Race? No. Uh, no. I, I, I can tell you. I was in church four days, four days a week. Like, uh, you know, Sunday, well, actually, Sunday night training union, Wednesday night, Thursday night Bible study. I can just tell you at least this was middle class middle-class New South America, if somebody said a racist comment in mm. any of those places, you know, you'd be turned on. I mean, I, and again, there is, there is just my life, the arc of my life. Mm -hmm. I remember a kid said something racist when I was in Meridian, Mississippi at uh, North, at, uh, I think Northeast Elementary School. A kid said something racist in a line, called a little girl, uh, uh, a name, mm -hmm. and I remember a young teacher's aide grabbed him by the ear, said, "What did you say?" And then dragged him along the line. We were going into into the cafeteria, dragged him along the line by his ear, and he was screaming the whole way, <laughs> talking to the principal's office. We didn't see him for three days. This was in Mississippi in 1969. Yeah, in rural Mississippi in 1969. What message? Do you think that sent to the 45 kids mm -hmm. that were in line? It wasn't socially acceptable. Again, now I know people doubt. I can only tell you my life. Right. I can only tell you my life. I'm not saying that people across the South and across America weren't saying racist things all the time. I'm just telling you, in the Baptist churches I went to across the Deep South, race wasn't a part of it. It was never part of the conversation. But I'll tell you what was arrogance. Arrogance, those people in New York looking down their noses at us, those people in Washington thinking they're smarter than us, those people in Hollywood mocking our values. Why do you think Passion of the Christ is okay. one of the biggest mm -hmm. movies ever? Because you know what everybody said? They finally made a movie about us. Yeah. And maybe he's right. Maybe a lot of the issue is people are just so upset with the arrogance of Washington and the elite that they don't care about morality. It, they just want almost, uh, uh, do we say, a, a, to fight back or revenge? But the point is, is, as Christians, how should we be looking at all of these issues?
Do, are we are we are we so mad at our enemies that we're like, OK, I, I, I so hate the elite liberals, Hollywood, that I'm willing to fight it politically with whomever it is that will fight for me, no matter the morality of the person. And so morality doesn't matter. I, does morality even matter? Does it even matter? I mean, look, I'm not telling you what should matter. I'm telling you, you've got to figure it out. I'm just saying, don't yell and scream about morality of same-sex marriage, drag shows, books in the library, whatever you're yelling and screaming about right now culturally, and you're mad because it's it's ungodly and it's going to bring our country down, and then turn around and support immorality and ungodliness in the White House because you look like a confused individual who's contradicting yourself. Either morality matters everywhere or it, or, or you can't apply it that way. Like, like you've got to figure out how you're going to work that out in your own mind. You've got to figure it out. But don't get upset and don't get offended when the world looks at you and go, whatever, whatever. You can take your morality and walk away with it because look at what you support. You, you are when, when, when the world looks at you and calls you a Trump supporter and a Republican before they call you a Christ follower, when they see you as a Fox News fan, not as a person who knows the Bible, that's something you've got to deal with. That's something you need to be bothered by. And that is where the church is today. So today, in summary, on this Tuesday, May the 9th, 2023, the following things have occurred. Number one, Trump has been found liable for sexual abuse and defamation in the E. Jean Carroll case, and he's ordered to pay $5 million in damages. At the same time, MSNBC was trying to figure out why evangelicals still support Trump. In the meantime, Trump is on his social media uh, platform, Truth Social, claiming, I don't I've, I don't even know who this woman is, and this is a witch hunt, and I'm innocent, all right? So all of this is how, and of course, we know we got more indictments coming down against Trump. We know we got more things coming. I don't, I don't know where this goes. I just know this. Whether you support him, whether you don't support him, we have to stop the political hijacking of American Christianity. That is the bottom line. And this, I thought, was a good time to at least mention it because all of these stories started coming together at the same time and was handed to me by my daughter. So I thank my daughter for, for well, interrupting my entire evening. I would not – trust me. I, I, there's other things I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about this, but it, we, it's, it's got to be mentioned. It's got, we, Christians need to feel a little uncomfortable about what we have done and what we've shown the world. Because I'm telling you, you may believe it's unfair. You may not think it's right for the, for Generation Z. You may not think it's fair for the world to look at the church and going, you're a bunch of Trump supporters. All you care is about politics. All you are are Republicans. You don't love Jesus. You know, you may think that that's an unfair attack. And it, and let's say that it is an unfair attack. Okay. Well, what are we going to do to demonstrate something different? All right. There we go. Thanks for listening. Email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. Hopefully, I said everything correctly, and if I did not, well, I apologize for that. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a good night. I'm going to take a little bit of a break. If I can, I will be back this evening and try to do something of a more edifying nature. This was more informative and questioning and challenging. Maybe we can do something that would be more edifying and spiritual. Um, and if we can, we'll do that this evening. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great night. God bless.